You are listening to the Building Up Podcast, part of the Bible teaching ministry of Agape Church in Pinson, Alabama. To learn more about Agape, please visit us online at agapepinson.com. Welcome in to episode 17 of the Building Up Podcast. I am Kevin, and I have the privilege of being your guest host this week. I am one of the teachers and ministers at Agape Church in Pinson, and I humbly ask for the next 10 minutes of your time for us to look at humility, what the gospel humility looks like, and what's the fruit of living a humble life. So we're going to look at Ephesians 4, so if you have a Bible app or a Bible handy, if you'll flip over to Ephesians 4, we're going to start with verse 1. I therefore... A prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Here we have Paul telling us what the characteristics of walking in the gospel should be. Their humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, and their fruit is peace and unity. The first of these characteristics is humility. And I believe he says it first because it's foundational to the others. And what's amazing is you look at Paul. Paul models humility in the scriptures. He has all the credentials and all the training. But yet when he writes, we don't see him focus on his Roman citizenship or his vast theological training or even his apostleship. But instead... He focuses on his position as a servant of Christ. Paul tells us in Philippians 3, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, notice he says in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, then I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew amongst Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, get this, he says, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted for loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, that I may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. You see, He had all the creds. He was a Jew amongst Jews. And yet he counts it all as loss or rubbish and depends not on his qualifications, but depends on Christ. Again, Paul tells us, the man who wrote like one-fifth of the New Testament, the man who led thousands of Christ, the man who suffered for Christ, he refers to himself, 1 Timothy 1.15, as the chief of sinners. But Paul's not the only one who models humility. Jesus The Son of God models humility. In Philippians 2, we're told this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And why do we do this? Because we have the mind among ourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So if we follow these examples of Paul and Jesus, if we listen to the verses that tell us, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, or let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interest of others. I would like to offer this definition of the gospel, or of the gospel humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So it's not self-deprecation or humble brags. It's not saying, oh, I'm just dumb. It's thinking of ourself less, not thinking less of ourselves. So another way to look at this is it's thinking of others more and more often. I once heard a story about a reporter who was tasked with interviewing two politicians. The first politician she had to interview was a very confident, prideful, arrogant guy. And in the interviews you would expect it was all about him. She asked questions, he answered and told her how great he was. Then she went to the second interview with a man who was more humble. And he spent as much time asking her questions as she spent asking him questions. And so a colleague asked her after the two interviews, how did it go? And she said, well, when I interviewed the first politician, she goes, I left that meeting feeling like he was the most important person in the world. She said, when I left the second interview, I left feeling like I was the most important person in the world. So humility can really affect the way we're able to uplift, encourage, or dare I say, build others up. But that's not the only way humility affects us. If we look at Romans 2, it tells us not to think too highly of ourselves. That's the great thing about Romans. Romans 1 tells us nobody is too bad to be saved. Romans 2 tells us nobody's too good to not need saving. And it warns us not to judge others more highly than we judge ourselves. Um, but you couple that with... Uh, Jesus' parable of the log and the splinter and the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And you see Jesus asking this question, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, and you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And I can almost picture when Jesus was telling this story, he might have actually picked up a log or just feigned having a log so you could see how ridiculous it is for us to try to help somebody else get a splinter out of their eye when we have a log in our eye. I mean, we'd turn to help them and we'd knock them out with the log that was in our eye. And when we look at the Pharisee and the tax collector, you have the Pharisee who looks down on the tax collector who wouldn't even enter the temple. And he says, God, thank you that I'm not like that tax collector. But the tax collector stood before God and said, Woe to me a wretched sinner. 
not only does humility help us to encourage others and build them up, a lack of humility will cause us to not be able to minister others. As a matter of fact, a lot of people have a problem ministering to others because they're so busy looking down their noses at somebody else whose sins are more socially acceptable than theirs are. So that's that's two ways humility affects us right off the bat. You it helps you encourage others to be humble. It makes it harder for you to minister to others when you're not humble. But also it affects the way that we encounter the word of God. If you'll remember when Nathaniel was told by Philip that he had met the Messiah and the Messiah was from Nazareth, what was Nathaniel's response? He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? So picture Nazareth was a small community, maybe 500 people. It was insignificant. And it would be kind of like if we were told, hey, this great thing happened in this part of town. We're like, in that part of town? Can anything good happen in the bad part of town? Or that little podunk little city. And so Nathaniel had a moment of arrogance that could have prevented him from in- encountering the Messiah because he, or off the bat he was questioning just because of where the Messiah was coming from. And we can be guilty of judging teachers and teaching and truth, not by how it stacks up against Scripture. You know, like the Bereans were commended for verifying teaching against scripture sometimes we verify teaching by who the teacher is what part of town they are what they look like how they act and not the truth of what they're saying so we are commanded to walk in humility but more than that we're told that humility is part of walking in a worthy manner so when we encounter the gospel one of the changes that should happen in our lives is we should be transformed into a more humble person that should be one of the fruits and it is it sets the baseline for being gentle and patient and loving and ultimately creates the fruit of unity and peace so let us not do anything from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others as more significant than ourselves or should i say let's not think less of ourselves let's just think of ourselves less Let's think more highly of others and think of others more often as a sign of humility. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I know it's encouraged me. Till the next time, grace and peace. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast. If you would like to subscribe to future episodes, you can search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcatcher or visit us on our website at agapepinson.com.